All right, so before we get started on this week's show, I have some podcast-related news. For starters, and this isn't new, I just want to say first how happy I am that you're listening to Girl Boss Radio and all of the podcasts in our network. It's the little show that could. Girl Boss Radio is just one of the podcasts in our network, and at Girl Boss, we've been fortunate enough to partner with select brands to bring you some very special limited-run podcasts, which brings me to our latest podcast called Mentor Memos. It's produced in partnership with the amazing people over at Tressa May, who we've been very excited to work with. Tressa May believes in empowering passionate women just like you, and we share the same mission of providing women with the tools they need so they can be the leaders our world so desperately needs. Mentorship is one of the things that comes up the most. How do I find a mentor? How do I approach a mentor? What is a mentor relationship like? I'll be talking about mentor memos later on the show with Neha Gandhi, our very own girl boss COO, so stay tuned for that. But before we get there, make sure to subscribe to Mentor Memos wherever you get great podcasts. Okay, let's get on to the show. Hi, I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio, the show for and about ambitious women, exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. We have an incredible guest here today. She's actually Girl Boss's resident astrologer. She's read my charts before. Her name's Jessica Lanyadu. And she's a psychic medium, an astrologer, an intuitive, an animal communicator, and she's worked extensively with tarot since 1999. In this episode, we demystify what it is that she does, what are intuitives, what are clairvoyance, what are clairsentience, how she got into this, how do you know that you're a clairvoyant, how do you know that you have a talent for these things, how do you justify getting paid for it? And when you are so sensitive that you're absorbing other people's energy and the energy of people who aren't even here anymore, how do you manage that? Because so many of us are sensitive, even if we're not psychic, even if we don't do what she does, that's something that a lot of us manage on a daily basis. So Jessica also spoke at the most recent Girl Boss Rally. And actually, I called her a few weeks before that because I was like melting down and I needed an emergency reading, which you know, she's a very busy woman. I feel very lucky to have had the reading. She actually is doing less and less uh, readings these days because she has so many exciting projects on the table for her. But it was it was pretty life changing. I took I think I took like 10 pages of notes. So we're going to hear from her today on Girl Boss Radio, but she's creating a ton of content that helps so many people in their daily lives. And, and we're going to get into it in just a moment. Hey, Jessica, welcome to Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. I just feel so lucky that I get to sit with you for this long. I'm thrilled. It's going to be really hard for me not to ask you to like contact my like grandmother or tell me what my future looks like, but we can do that another time. I really hope we do. Jessica yeah. actually did do my read my charts that yeah. you call yeah, it. Read my charts. Read your once. Birth chart. I was like freaking out, needed like an intervention. It was pretty great. So I want to start at the beginning. You have such an accomplished career, but I'm imagining. I don't know what your first job was. Maybe it has something to do with what you're doing today, but did it? What was your first job? Um, I, and thank you. Um, my first job was kind of like what you'd expect. I was a babysitter. I worked in retail, but I started doing 
like consultations, astrology readings when I was really young, when I was like 19, 20. So I moved to San Francisco in 94 to be an astrologer. And I like moved with a backpack full of astrology books because there was no internet to lean on. And I just started doing readings for trade right away. And I did them for years for trade until eventually I was like, I'm good enough to charge cash. So babysitting and retail. Yeah, babysitting and retail. Is there anything in those jobs that you've taken into what you do today? Yes and no. I mean, okay, so when I first started doing retail, somebody said something to me that I thought was really offensive and stupid, and it actually ended up being true, which was, he said, if somebody comes in and they're wearing all red and they say they want to buy a blue dress, sell them the red, not the blue. And I was just like, that's awful. I'm not manipulating people. I was a very idealistic teenager. And it was totally right. And I was just really surprised to see that there was like a psychology to what we want and what we think we want. And so that actually always stayed with me. But more than anything, the job I did after the retail, because I didn't do that very long, I did like a kind of a silly office job. And then I worked with developmentally disabled adults and seniors and children for several years. And that is actually what taught me more than anything else about what I do for a living, because it helped me to cultivate skills around nonverbal communication and um, all kinds of other developmental issues that come up in my work a lot. So at what point did you realize that you had something here that wasn't in the, uh, the physical realm? I knew I wanted to be an astrologer when I was really young, when I was a, even a preteen, I started studying. But I didn't believe in psychics um, or animal communication or anything like that until I had like all of this verifiable proof in my private practice. So I was working as an astrologer for probably about a decade before I fully understood that I had psychic ability, that I could communicate with the dead, or that I could communicate with animals. What's the most interesting thing an animal's told you? I mean, oh my gosh, the most interesting thing. I once had this dog run up to me on the streets of San Francisco, and he was with his human, and he I don't know how he knew, but he ran up to me and he was like, you need to help me. My person's going to get rid of me. And he gave me this whole story about how he had attacked this other dog and how the human uh, was like, I don't know what to do because he's a violent dog. And the dog had this whole story about why he had attacked that dog was to protect his human and that he understood he couldn't do it. But he was like, you have to stand in this particular way. He was like, the dog gave the man specific advice about how to stand. And they stayed together for years after that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really tender. Did you ever connect with a dog after that? With that particular dog? Yeah. I mean, we saw each other around town. Aww. You know what I mean? But we never. he never like came up to me and was like, let's talk. Yeah. It was just like he had something to say. Does it ever happen with like pigeons or other things that aren't pets? That That's really interesting. People don't pay for? Um, <laughs> so uh, pigeons, no. <laughs> but I'm not open to pigeons, if we're being fair. I forget that I can communicate with animals when like squirrels or raccoons are coming for me. Like I forget about it. But Never has one on purpose communicated with me, although feral cats have. Yeah. So can you tell me just general terms that we should be familiar with? What does it mean to be a working medium, an intuitive, a clairvoyant, clairsentient? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those terms are really confusing for people. And some of it's because there's like bleeding in between the meanings. So astrologer means studies astrology 
and practices astrology. And it's not intuitive. It's something you have to study. Um, and it doesn't mean intuitive and it doesn't mean psychic. And I feel that that's an important thing to say because people really don't understand. People also se seem to think if you study astrology, you also understand palms. It is not the same thing. I don't know anything about palms. That said, psychic, it's the ability to know what isn't being said. And the way I often describe psychic ability is a lot like um, having a really high-speed internet connection. And that doesn't mean you can see all the websites across all the platforms. It doesn't mean that you're looking at all the pages of all the websites, but you have access. Um, clairsentience is when that knowing or that sight comes in through your senses. So it can be your hearing, your smell. Um, when I'm thrifting, I'll often just put my hand in front of clothes and like see what pulls me. It's very convenient. Um, so yeah, so that's clairsentience. Clairvoyance is the gift of sight. Um, clairaudience is when you hear things. And then there's mediumship, which is a whole other thing. And mediumship is the ability to communicate with those on the other side. So those who were once alive and now are dead. Um, my partner on our first date was like, does that mean you can talk to our dinner? Because we were having meat. And I was <laughs> no. like, no. The answer is no. I Maybe technically it's yes, but no. Okay, guys, I have a special guest from the Girl Boss team. It's none other than Neha Gandhi, our very own COO. You've heard her on Girl Boss Radio before, but now Neha's going to host our new podcast with Tresemme called Mentor Memos. Neha, hi. Hi, Sophia. So tell me about Mentor Memos. You're hosting, but also you're one of the mentees featured on the show. What's Mentor Memos and why do you think people should listen? Mentor Memos is this really cool new thing we're doing. It's a series of six episodes that talk all about mentorship, and we go deep with these pairs of mentors and their mentees, and we do it all in partnership with Tresemme, who has been helping women support each other and advance in their chosen paths for over 70 years now. So what's the format of the show like? What, what can listeners expect to hear? So we tee up these incredible pairs of people who really are going to give all of us hope about how women do and can support each other. I talk to them about their relationships, about how they've met each other, how they forged a mentor relationship, and then they question each other actually about things that they've always wanted to know about their relationships. So who are some of the exciting guests? We have Cecile Richards, who used to be the CEO of Planned Parenthood. We have my own mentor, Christine Barbrick, the global editor-in-chief and co-founder of Refinery29. We have Barbara Rivera, the head of this incredible marketing agency, Sonia Rasola, the founder of Unique Markets, and so many more. So why the focus on mentorship? Why was this an important topic for us to tackle in partnership with Tresemme? We hear from so many women that it's so hard to find a mentor. Everyone wants one. It's hard to figure out how to do it. And Tresemme was the natural partner for us to do this with because, like I said, they've been supporting women in exactly these kinds of endeavors for over 70 years now. So how can we listen? You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcasts. Cool. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Mentor Memos wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's get back to the show. So you said, you know, this is like having psychic sensitivity at a, like a very high speed, very high sensitivity. And even, those of us who may not be clairvoyant or sensitive in the ways that you are can often be really sensitive to energy. Do you find that sometimes it's coming at you in all directions? Like, how do you manage your psychic sensitivity? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So 
I manage it as my full-time job, like my full-time job. There's a lot of things that I don't do anymore because they they cost me too much, and I've just made decisions around it. Um, I do a lot of boundary and energy work around having healthy boundaries, and I think more people are psychic or intuitive than they give themselves credit for, and I think some of that is because no one wants to be weird. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people want to be weird. I don't mind. But a lot of people don't want to be weird that way. For some of it, it's not a choice. So Exactly. That's the thing. And when it's not a choice, I think a lot of people have anxiety issues as a result of having too much data come in and no tools for processing it. And so I think a lot of times anxiety, fatigue, depressiveness is related to not having healthy energy boundaries from all the crap that's coming in. What would some of your advice be for someone who is sensitive to mm-hmm. other people's energy? Just how do you set those boundaries? It's it's a practice. So what what I'll say is won't work instantly right away necessarily. It's, it's a practice. But it's about, first of all, bringing all of your energy into your present moment and into your body. And what I do for that is I just say my full name, not, not just the name I go by, but my full name out loud in my head. And I do it as setting an intention to just get really here now. So you bring your good, your bad, your ugly in and you breathe into it and you be present with it. And then from there, connect your body to this moment and this earth and to breathe and stay with it. And what most of us do is we start to do that and then we're like, oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, my knee hurts. And then we pull out and we like move away from pain. And so the work is to kind of stay with the discomfort because that's the only place that you can assert boundaries from. It's from within. And so a lot of times in spiritual realms, there's like, leave your body and go away. And the problem with that is it's like leaving the doors and windows of your house unlocked or open. It's like anything can come through. And so when you're present in your body and you connect that presence to the earth and to this moment, then you can make choices about what comes in because you start to feel it before it encroaches. You know what I mean? So that's the practice is to consistently come back to not abandon yourself and to stay grounded to wherever you are on the earth. Even if you're like on a bus that's driving, like, you know, it's it's still connected to the earth. And then to give yourself permission to say, I don't I don't want to engage with this. And that doesn't mean you can leave a situation or end a relationship necessarily, but you can have the energetic boundary to say, I'm not letting this in. This is not something I'm consenting to allow into my system. And that, again, is a practice. Nobody's naturally good at it, I don't think. For me, I found that the unhealthy way of doing that, when I lived in San Francisco, was just chain smoking on the street and looking really unapproachable. Yeah, and like not, <laughs> that works. Not looking at people. And like socially, it can be drinking. There are really damaging things we can do if we are sensitive to kind of dull that or mm-hmm. just like evade interaction. And that doesn't end up helping It's a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. It is. Yeah. I want to know how you got started. So was there a moment in your childhood where you were like, okay, this cat talked to me? (laughs) Like, you know, where did it start? Yeah. So I was four years old and I was on a Hot Wheel, not to brag. And I was just like... When I'm older, because I'm a Capricorn, I'm going to keep all my wisdom teeth. Now, I don't know how I knew that Capricorn governed teeth or wisdom teeth or the concept of wisdom, but it, these things are all true. And knock on wood, I still have them. Um, but I that was the first time where I had a sense. And I talked about astrology a lot. And then I kind of like fast forward to my later teens, and I went to an alternative college in Montreal, where I'm from. And I studied astrology there. And at that point, like I had never really thought like what I wanted to do for a living. I never even considered going to university. It wasn't interesting to me. Um, 
And when I figured out that I could study astrology, I was like, okay, well, there's just no question. I'm definitely going to be an astrologer. And it was, you know, the early mid 90s. I just come out as queer. And I was like, so San Francisco is the only place in the world to go. So I like I said, I packed my backpack (laughs) and my, you know, that was it. Got on your Hot Wheels. I got on my Hot Wheels (laughs) and I rode up to San Francisco and um, and I just started. And it was really just the only thing I did for the first several years I lived here. I just I just ate astrology, slept astrology, talked astrology. That's it. Northern California has like a very different frequency than LA. Like how would you characterize LA's frequency in San Francisco's? Well, you know, 1995's LA versus San Francisco is completely different than 2019. Totally. Yeah. Like I come to LA now and I'm like, oh my God, I am so in love with the land here. It's just really... Um, I feel like this amazing, it's like this place of giants is how it feels to me. Every time I come here, I'm really overwhelmed by the energy. Now, San Francisco is such a beautiful lady. I love her. She is gorgeous. But the energy of the city is completely different because the people are different. And it's not an affordable city anymore. And so, I mean, it was never a cheap city, not for a very long time, but it's nuts. And so the energy is really, I feel like there's like a split there. Um, I'm in Oakland now, which I really love. Places have energy, whether we're talking about buildings or cities or bodies of water. And I feel like for sensitive people, the more we set the intention to pay attention and be receptive to those energies, the easier it is to know what you're feeling that's yours and what you're feeling that's actually like the sadness of a city or the sadness of a building. Because a lot of times that's real and that's what's happening. So I'm a Taurus. What does that mean? It means you're awesome. Um, It means lots of things. Okay, so it means that your sun sign is Taurus, first of all, right? It means that when you were born, the sun fell into the sign of Taurus. It means that you are... Uh, sensual, that you are diplomatic, that you will get things did. It also means that Uranus is crossing your sun right now, which means that all Tauruses are going through some version of upset and change because the planet of unpredictable change is moving through your sign. And the last time this happened was like in the 1940s. So it's not a common occurrence. And it's uprooting so many Tauruses so that you come to greater kind of... um, autonomy and authenticity. But the process itself is upsetting because Tauruses are reputed to not like change. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm sensual, like I like velvet, but then I'm like not, I'm like kind of prudish. Can you be like sensual in like one way and not the other? Absolutely. Well, sense, so Venus is the ruling planet of Taurus and Venus loves, um, it's, it's about quality and it's about texture. So Taurus, the way you're supposed to like come onto a Taurus is offer to buy them a delicious meal. It's not necessarily to rub their feet. You know, it's like, don't touch me yet. You want to come on with like things that feel nice, things yeah. that taste delicious. And it's not luxury. Like I've, I'm like, it's hard to explain this to people. It's like not because this is expensive. It just happens to be expensive and like it costs money to have like nice leather or something. It, it does. But also velvet. <laughs> We're sitting on velvet love. chairs. We're sitting on carpet on velvet chairs with velvet curtains behind us. I don't know if you've ever seen photos of the and color And color deliciousness. Studios. Very Torian. And you just added every color that's not in the room with your outfit. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talking with Neha Gandhi, our COO, 
Here at Girl Boss About Mentor Memos, our newest podcast produced in partnership with the amazing people over at Tresemme. And the conversation got me really thinking about my own mentorship and the people I've reached out to for support over the years. There's been so many of them, and they've really allowed me to accelerate what I've done in my career. I've been fortunate enough to get some great advice from some very accomplished women, but getting a mentor isn't easy, and it's such an opaque world. So many of us don't know how to get a mentor, how to ask for a mentor, especially women. But the good news is that on Mentor Memos, you get access to some incredible mentors and their mentees. It's almost like a cheat sheet about mentorship. You can listen in for some great advice from people like Tresemme's celebrity hairstylist, Justine Marjan, and Cecile Richards, former CEO of Planned Parenthood. Each episode is jam-packed with goodies and tons of information and advice from such accomplished women. And if you're not already subscribed, jam over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Mentor Memos. Okay, let's get back to the show. You know, we all struggle, those of us who work for ourselves, to justify what we're charging people, whether it's for a physical good, especially for services. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go about in the beginning of your career and how do you continue to, you know, for something that is so esoteric, say, hey, like this is, I'm actually really good at this. This is my talent. This is a service to you. This is worth paying X for. Like when, how did you get that confidence? How did you yeah. start setting those more boundaries for yourself? I love that you have asked me this question because no one's ever asked me this question before. I worked so hard. I worked with an NLP practitioner, this guy who specifically worked with esoteric businesses and like healers. Um, and he helped do like neuro neurolinguistic reprogramming around our relationship to money. I worked with him for a long time and it really helped because what happened was at first, I was working for Barter, and that was perfect for my values, and it was perfect. Like, I didn't have any debt. I didn't have any big financial needs, and I didn't have any big financial aspirations. So at a certain point, San Francisco became so expensive. I became older, and I wanted to earn more money, but also I needed my work to reflect my value. And what I found was that when I was charging less, um, people valued the work less. And that was such a bummer, but it's but it's real. And um, so... I guess I have done a lot of spiritual and emotional work over the course of many years to get to where I am with my rate structure, but I really believe that charging your value is always the right thing to do. It's always the right thing to do, and there's always going to be someone who says that you're charging not enough and someone else who's saying you're charging too much, and so there's value in looking at what the market will hold, and you know, for mediumship, it's a very small industry and there's like a wild amount of like people charge $5 or $5,000, you know, for the same service. So there's no real consistent metric, but I I landed where I felt was fair. I don't know if that's a great answer. Yeah, there no. it is. And you have an incredible brand. You know, not every Thank astrologer you. has that. You've been writing your weekly horoscope since 2003. You're the host of a popular podcast called Ghost of a Podcast, which I love the name of. You're a co-host of TLC's digital show, Stargazing, on Facebook Watch. You're currently, yes, the resident astrologer here at Girl Boss and Chatelaine. And you were also the astrologer for the San Francisco Bay Guardian from 2003 until it closed in 2014. So you're a brand, right? You're an astrologer. You have talent. But like you're Jessica Lanyadu. How have you gone about standing out in a world where to some people it's like, okay, I'm going to find someone and you're not just someone. You're not just 
an astrologer, you're a brand. Well, well, uh, that's a thank you. Um, I don't know. It's really happened slowly over time. I would love to tell you that I had a strategy for it, but I haven't. Opportunities have emerged and I've collaborated with people and um, apparently wearing red glasses is a thing too. Like, you know, it's like things just like there's a combination of my personality and opportunity and it's been a long time. And so I would also say probably not caring about my brand for most of my career has helped me to have a brand. I think frequently about if I was coming up as an astrologer in this like culture of social media, I don't know that I would do half the work I do. I don't know that I would be as good as I am because I it's so hard to not compare yourself and to see people who are at a different place than you and not kind of be like, well, why aren't I there yet? And the truth of the matter is I did a really slow bake of my skill set and I um, kind of put myself in public really slowly over time. So now it seems like I do all these things and I've been doing it forever. But at the time, it didn't seem like that. So it's kind of in a way happened organically as I've been adjusting my service to my capacity and also the needs of people because all of a sudden people care about astrology. This is kind of new, yeah, you know? Why? That's a great question. I think it's a combo platter of the internet making it accessible. And because it's accessible, people who are who would already be interested have access. And also there's like alternative voices that can emerge within all the noise. And people want to hear alternative voices. So I think that astrology, like every other industry, has been kind of like dominated by straight white men voices. And now that's not the case because of the internet. Thank you, internet. So that I think is a big one. The other thing I think is that people want a personal access point to the spiritual. And the world is so much more connected and so much more separate. And we're all so much more aware of our mental health. And astrology addresses all of that stuff. So I think all of those things kind of add up to astrology's like debutante ball. Do you think to a certain extent, because I've thought about this and I love astrology and I'm like, if there is a guilty of this, I'm guilty of it. But to a certain extent, it seems like maybe people could be offloading their responsibility to understand themselves, to examine themselves. Do you find that that's like, is there a cultural, has there been a cultural shift in that people are just looking kind of to be told rather than having to find the answers themselves? Sure, absolutely. And that is a sun sign astrology problem. It's like a all Libras are this. And, you know, I would never date a Gemini because of that problem, because it's another way of pathologizing others as a way to not do the work on yourself. It's another way of telling yourself a story about other people as a way to actually avoid taking responsibility for the choices you've made. And that's, you know, astrology is very easy to do that with if that's what you want to do. So that's a, a big thing that I'm constantly working against in my podcast I really <laughs> work against uh, because because I believe in like all the planets I'm obsessed with the outer planets the slow moving planets like Saturn and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto because they bring ancestral trauma and societal like trends and that is like delicious for me as a, as a counselor do black holes come into account at all I don't I don't mess with black holes. <laughs> okay. I don't mess with black holes. Okay. That's a good question. I'm you're sitting next to one. Here I am. Oh kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of skeptics out there. Mm -hmm. You know, we horoscopes are extremely popular on Girl Boss, but we get the occasional like, how could you? Mm -hmm. Um what do you say to the skeptics? How do you characterize 
you know, astrology to someone who's like, hell no. Yeah. Um, I, in terms of speaking to skeptics, there's like two kinds of skeptics. There's the skeptics that are often my clients um, who are just like, I don't believe in astrology, but I'll use whatever tool works. Um, And those people like me because I don't uh, work with stereotypes. And then there's the skeptics that are like, I've just lost respect for this publication because you have a horoscope, which I see a lot. Um, And those people don't know anything about astrology. And when we are willing to make have really passionate and strong feelings about a thing without doing any investigation into that thing, eh, it doesn't say anything about the thing. It says something about you. So I don't feel the need to justify astrology. I create so much content that's free and accessible for people if they're actually interested in learning. But I've very rarely, if ever, heard of somebody actually studying astrology and being like, this is BS. There is no value to this. It's just people who look at horoscopes and newspapers and are like, that doesn't match me. And they just move on with their lives. And that's not astrology. That's marketable, accessible sun sign astrology. Hi, I'm Maya from the marketing team here at Girlboss, and I want to let you know that this episode of Girlboss Radio is brought to you by LaCroix Sparkling Water. LaCroix was developed to give health-conscious consumers refreshment, flavor, and sparkle with an innocent twist of zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. All LaCroix flavors, including the new hibiscus, are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. Families everywhere value the wholesomeness of LaCroix. LaCroix's delicious, crisp, and refreshing flavors also include key lime, tangerine, mango, apricot, passion fruit, peach pear, coconut, lemon, lime, berry, cran raspberry, orange, grapefruit, my personal favorite, and pure. Made only with flavor ingredients certified as natural, Each LaCroix flavor is Whole30, non-GMO, and produced without a BPA liner. LaCroix uses their own production facilities to assure the highest level of quality in every can. With its distinctive packaging, robust aroma, and natural essence, LaCroix is the innocent alternative for health-conscious consumers. You can join the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix Water, that's L-A-C-R-O-I-X, Water, And for more information and a full list of retailers, visit LaCroixWater.com. That's L-A-C-R-O-I-X Water.com. So tell me about, I mean, you're a solopreneur and there's so many solopreneurs listening to this podcast. Are there any like softwares or tactics or technologies or consultants or like how have you learned how to manage your own business over the years? I'm sure it was really different in the beginning and yes. then today. Like what is it that really helps helps you day to day keep yourself accountable, keep your business accountable, organize yourself like mm-hmm. practically like what advice would you have? Uh, respond to emails in a timely fashion. And if you can't respond to emails in a timely fashion, have an autoresponder. Um, I'm a huge believer in the basics. Sometimes it's not the most creative people that have successful careers. It's the people who are creative and have basic business skills. Treat everyone with respect and kindness. Because a lot of times people are really rude to their colleagues, not realizing that you're going to be in an industry together for many, many years. As far as like tools and stuff like that, I'm naturally, you know, I'm a sun, moon, and rising all in Capricorn, so I'm naturally really organized. So I just have a, uh, I'm comfortable with administrative work. 
And that's just kind of what I've always prioritized doing. I know. What a great combo. I know. It's unusual. She lives on the spiritual plane and she can organize herself. Yeah. Jesus. I know. It's weird. It's I want, weird. I want to be that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of are. I think you Take kind of are. with you. <laughs> I feel like you're already there. But yeah. So I, I would just say having the baseline of treating others how you want to be treated and being humble. And when you don't know something, own it. Just say, I don't have the answer to that. Another expert does. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And I think you win the confidence of the people you're talking to when you just own what you do and don't know. So I've been very open about my mistakes. It's something Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about at Girl Boss, and it's something people are talking more and more about because you can't learn if you don't raise your hand and ask questions. You don't learn if you don't fall in your face. You don't learn if you don't give somebody the opportunity to coach you. You don't learn when you're not wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You can learn when you're right, but... You usually can't attribute what you learn to being right in the same way that you can attribute what you've learned from being wrong. Anyway, to my question, um, what has your biggest career mistake been? Ooh, what a good question. My biggest career mistake. One mistake is that I let my belief in the way things are. So in other words, I didn't think it was possible to be psychic. I didn't think it was possible to be an animal communicator. And I let that inhibit the service that I gave people for years because of my own judgment. Two questions I ask everybody on Girl Boss Radio. I'm going to have you answer them in lightning speed because you're extremely an extremely busy woman <laughs> with lots to foretell. Um, what does success mean to you? Success means not just relieving people, but giving them tools so that they can help themselves moving forward. And it also means making money in a way that doesn't in any way compromise my integrity or my value system. And we have this thing called Girl Boss Moments, which I'm pretty sure you know what it is. And if you're listening to Girl Boss Radio, just go listen to the last episode because I'll probably explain to you what it is. What's your most recent Girl Boss Moment, Jessica? Oh, I have so many recent Girl Boss Moments. One was Girl Boss Rally. I had the most amazing experience there because I got to connect IRL with women and women doing stuff. So that was really powerful. And then a little bit further back, I I decided at the end of 2018 that I was going to see less clients so that I could leave room for something else. And I really didn't know what that something else would be. And it was like a choice to make to take a financial hit. And to kind of just be like, I'm going to be in my 40s and not know what comes next. And it was the smartest thing I ever did. And it's still unfolding. And I still don't know exactly what's coming. But it was really the right thing. And I I would say to anyone listening, regardless of where you're at in your career, there's going to be ebbs and flows. And you have to leave room for growth. And I imagine one of those things is your first book that's coming out in January of 2020, which you can all pre-order now. It's published by 10 speed press and it's called astrology for real relationships understanding you me and how we all get along so if you want to continue the conversation with jessica you can go pre-order the book now wherever books are sold thank you all right that's our show for today thank you so much for listening to girl boss radio i had so much fun chatting with jessica I'm going to continue to pay attention to what she does. We're so lucky to have heard from her today. And make sure you go pre-order her new book. But before you go, I want to remind you that the Girl Boss Podcast family has been growing. We're a network. Yep, we're a family, but we're a network. So if you're looking for some more podcasts to listen to, 
We have new seasons of Lip Stories and In Progress. We also have a new podcast in the works called Mentor Memos. You can listen and subscribe to all of them by looking under the Girl Boss Radio tag and provider wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always follow Girl Boss on social and in our newsletter for specific episode updates. And as always, if you like what we're doing here on Girl Boss Radio, and I hope you do, please share the podcast, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Till next week, bye-bye. <laughs>